Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Hour number two of a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Happy tennis to you. The U.S. Open about to start in Queens. Super Bowl Sunday for tennis betters and tennis fans. Can't wait uh, to cash some of these wagers that we had and uh, a lot of Twitter uh, uh, feedback on that. Some people got them, some people didn't. We'll post them in the newsletter. We'll retweet them. We'll do all that stuff. Uh, it's Gil Alexander, by the way. Great to hear from Todd Wishnev. God, I hope he doesn't bet my bets. You know how that goes when he does. Um, shout out to all the people uh, in Louisiana who are affected by uh, Hurricane Ida. Hope you're doing okay. If you're able to hear this, obviously, you're probably doing better than I thought, but uh, chances are they're not. So um, we send our best to that area of the country. Um, obviously, with college football starting this week, hopefully all of that is clear and everybody's okay so everybody can... Enjoy some normalcy. Um, we talked earlier about uh, we talked earlier about uh, this Gardner Minshew trade. I did want to mention this uh, before we get to Jason uh, and talk baseball, which is one of these trades again. Where there's often trades where we're like, "Oh, it's, what a win-win this is for both teams." And there have been those kinds of trades in the past in all kinds of sports. I'm not sure I understand this from like any perspective whatsoever. So the Gardner Minshew trade gets uh, comes down trade for a six-round draft pick. Um, one from the Jaguars' point of view. And Wes Reynolds alluded to it earlier. If there was really, if, if there was a quarterback competition and you were given reps to both Trevor Lawrence and Gardner Minshew, okay, cool. Um, but if you were going to trade that dude anyway, why didn't you give those reps to Trevor Lawrence? Who could use them, by the way? Because I'm not convinced Trevor Lawrence is generational. Sorry, I'm just not. 
So that's the one thing that's very weird. And then I guess by trading him, what you're saying the Jaguars are is, oh, we're cool with C.J. Beathard and Jake Luton and, as our backups. All right. So the other thing is they, they only he, he went for a sixth. So where were the where were the Cowboys and the Colts then? So taking it past the Jaguars' viewpoint of this, because I was really I was actually surprised the Jaguars did this. But then, if that was his asking price, if that's all you needed, where were teams that are just depleted at backup quarterback, like the, the Cowboys to back up Dak? They're okay with with the the Gilbert Rush Danuch level players. The Colts are okay with that uh, with the uh, with the the Huntley Ellinger situation. Like I just I don't I don't really understand that. Like it, it always surprises me how some people are available for far less than you would think. Then if you're Gardner Minshew, by the way, how bitter do you have to be about ending up in Philly, where it's Jalen Hurts, who I guess Philly's not really a hundred percent in on. And yes, there's Joe Flacco. Who could forget Air Flacco? But that's not like the most ideal situation if you're Gardner Minshew to end up in. So you're like probably bitter about that. I'm guessing. And then from the Eagles' perspective, why why would the Eagles do this unless you're not fully in on Jalen Hurts? And I guess you're not in on your backup quarterback either in Joe Flacco. Like It's peculiar from the Eagles' standpoint. And does this now rule, I guess Deshaun Watson was going to X out the Eagles because Deshaun Watson has all, all, all staying power on where he ends up, all veto power, I should say. So I guess Philly just decided we're not a destination so he's out. But but you must not be thrilled with Hurts. You must not be thrilled with Flacco. Um, it's really a, if just fascinating all the way around. And speaking of Deshaun, by the way, where's he ending up? And are we getting this story here in the next two weeks or the next, what is it, 13 days? Uh, the NFL season actually starts in 10 days on a Thursday night. But 13 to the first opening Sunday. What What's the deal with Deshaun? Is he just going to be... A guy who's not on the field, is the NFL going to make a ruling? Because the NFL, remember, no matter what is ruled off the field and all of his off-the-field problems, and I think we can call them problems, the NFL has carte blanche to do whatever they want. Remember, the NFL suspended Zeke Elliott for six weeks when there were affidavits saying he did not do what they said he was doing. But that was a reaction from Roger Goodell to the way they mishandled the Ray Rice situation and the Josh Brown situation, so they threw the book at Zeke made him sit for six weeks. Are we going to get something on Deshaun either way? Is the NFL not going to rule on this? Is he just going to be in this strange purgatory where the Texans don't play him, and yet he's so specific as to where he wants to be traded, Miami and Carolina, we're looking at you, that would either of those teams with Tua and Sam Darnold, respectively, would they pull the trigger before the season even starts? Or would they wait for one of those two guys to sort of underperform before they made that kind of move? Just so many weird things. But it all started the Minshew thing just made no sense to me either way. Skill Alexander, it is a numbers game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, VEASAN.com, the VEASAN app, Fubo, Sling, Game Plus, however you're taking us in, iHeartRadio. Uh, always appreciated this morning. I appreciate all the feedback on Twitter. We'll get to some of those tweets in a bit. Uh, let's go to a cloud of smoke, under a cloud of smoke in Southern California, at Spreadopedia is where you can follow him on Twitter. Ladies and gentlemen, Point Spread Weekly Writer, as we anticipate a daily podcast, a weekly podcast. What is it, Jason? Daily? Weekly? Jason Weingarten, everybody. How you doing, Jason? I'm good. It should be daily, and it should be starting hopefully by the end of this week. But Whoa. if not if not this week, next week. It's it's 
I'm ready. I'm just waiting for the production stuff. So, you know, Sweet. we're getting there. Sweet. And this will be your your daily, uh, mostly long-term ruminations on baseball and football, or will they also be daily picks kind of thing? Daily picks. We'll be talking about every sport that I'm following. It'll basically be me talking to a wall, except now people will get to listen to it. It's, <laughs> it's going to be my daily thought with yeah. You get to listen to them. Excellent. I love the image of you talking to a wall under a cloud of smoke in Southern California. All right, uh, let's start with today's uh, slate of MLB games. Did you make any plays today? Not a full slate of MLB, but about 11 games. I did. I actually I have a couple plays. Um, some of them are sort of, sort of little hedge plays as we get near the end. But I, I bet on the Braves today. I think that's a really big line against a, a sort of occasionally listless Dodgers team. You're almost giving two to one against them. I think it's mm-hmm. like 186 or something. I yep. think that's too good to pass up. Um, I'm betting the Cardinals, the Cardinals versus the Nats, right? That's the game. Uh, the Card- Cardinals, Cardinals, are, Cardinals versus the Reds. Sorry, Cardinals versus the Reds. They're only two and a half games back of the Reds, I think, for the, the, the wild card right now. Don't count the Cardinals out of a playoff spot. And I'm betting the Rays. I got minus 132 this morning against the Red Sox. I think I think the Rays are a pretty good team. I've been watching a lot of them lately because I have some uh, Wander Franco futures all of a sudden. I like it. Robust baseball bets today. So uh, Atlanta Braves never hurts betting against the Dodgers when the lefties on the hill. I know they're better against lefties this year than they have been in previous couple of years. But Atlanta's plus 180 we're showing. But it's about plus 185, I think, consensus. Uh, the Braves, that's a late-night game at the Dodgers at Chavez Ravine. St. Louis with John Lester on the hill at Cincinnati. As you mentioned, Cardinals very much in the wild card race. They're at plus 180. And then the Rays as a favorite, but a, uh, a pretty uh, nice price favorite, minus 130. Uh, Patino against Pavetta, the Rays staving off, trying to stave off both the Yankees and the Rays in the American League East. All right, so I mentioned this at the top, and I think you you brought up something yesterday on text that I was like, oh, we got to get into this, because while we have talked about MLB brain-dead parlays and how, you know, for years now, the chasm between the haves and the have-nots has gotten wider in baseball, almost to the point where it's comical this year, almost to the point where those of us who adore baseball and who love baseball – I have mentioned, like, okay, the brain-dead parlays are happening earlier than they ever have. The second half of this baseball season, I I don't know if it's been, I I don't know if you would characterize it this way, but I feel like it's such a stark contrast that you almost only watch baseball with one eye now. And you're just waiting for the postseason. We we may get to the point here, I was just talking about the schedules with the Padres and the uh, Athletics, who are the two teams closest on the outside looking in in both wild card races. We may get to a point here in a week or two where we don't have even have a wild card race to talk about based on remaining strength of schedules. Like, it's so stacked against the Athletics and the Padres. So that's the context. But what we haven't talked about, which you brought up yesterday, which I think is a great point, is how it follows then that some of these awards are going to be won by players who actually historically, stats-wise, don't really stack up, which makes picking those winners that much more difficult, right, if no one's really standing out. So let's talk about National League MVP, and I'll let you take this. Uh, I'll, let you, I'll let you take us through this. This is August performances. This year, August performances. We'll bring up historical MVPs in a moment. But this year's performances in the month of August, as we wind down August, by contending NL MVP 
uh, players. Let's start with Fernando Tatis Jr., who is the favorite. Jason, what do we have here in the month of August? Can you see this on your screen? Can I see it? Yeah. I cannot see it, but okay. I know the numbers. He, okay. was, he, he had a 200 average, four home runs, uh, seven runs, I think. And the only thing that stood out is he had a 590 slugging, I think, that was pretty pretty good compared to everybody else. But his numbers across the board for August were awful, absolutely awful. And he would have the worst August numbers of any of the last 10 years or so of NL MVPs if he was to win. By the way, 520 slugging, 200, 520. Yeah, 200, 286, 520. So 200 batting average, 286 OBP, 17 strikeouts against just four walks. So think about what Jason just said. The worst August of any MVP in the last 10 years if he's to win. So, again, it's one of these things where we talked about with remaining strength of schedule, trying to take you on and off bets. If you're thinking about making futures MLB bets, think twice before you bet Fernando Tatis Jr. to win this. Let's go to the next player here who's uh, contending for a National League MVP because what you'll see is a theme here. Here's Max Muncy of the Dodgers. <laughs> Muncie had just about as bad of a season, or about as bad of a month, but he had slightly more home runs. He had six home runs. He had a 190 average, and his uh, his other his other stats were slightly better. But you could tell he just he wasn't hitting last month. He he would also be one of the worst MVPs, one of the worst August for any MVP if he's to win. 190, 297, 468 slash line, 22 Ks. In August versus just eight walks. Uh, again, this is what makes betting these so difficult this year. If everybody is kind of meh, who the heck is going to win this thing? Uh, let's go to the next. Again, historically, that August for Max Muncy, it's not MVP caliber, uh, caliber. Let's go to a couple of the Atlanta Braves, though. Maybe there's a difference here, Jason, because these guys, after all, the Braves, unlike with... Uh, Tatis and Muncie, their teams atop their respective division, the NL East. Freddie Freeman's August, much better, right? Kind of. If you if you think the the hits and the average and everything matter more, then yes. But look at Tatis, or not Tatis. Look at Max Muncie, and look at Freddie Freeman, and tell me that their numbers aren't that far off, other than the 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 average and the other ratios. Yeah, you're right. No, the slash is definitely different, but you're right. 11 strikeouts, 7 walks, not ideal. Um, but 322, 378, 511, certainly better than what we've seen. Let's go to his teammate, Freddie Freeman's teammate. Is he next? Is Austin Riley next? Let's see who pops up on the screen. No, we'll go to Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper, his August. He. The thing is with Bryce Harper, which is interesting, is anytime he has a flare-up, people go crazy. Right? Remember how his uh, his number crashed when he was having a good stretch in July. Here's his August numbers. He had what, nine, nine home runs in August and about a equal strikeout to walk? Mm-hmm. Yep. 19, those, those, are, those are pretty pretty respectable numbers. The only, the only knock on him is he's probably on a non-playoff team, but so is Tatis, so what's the difference in their odds? Why is, why is one minus 270 and one 10 to one? Right. They're both, they're both outfielders on non-playoff teams at this point. I agree. I don't get it. Let's do one more here. What do we got next? This is, again, August of this year. Just historically what we're showing. Trey Turner's an MVP candidate. Um, you know, again, for a leadoff hitter, 19 strikeouts, 7 walks. Or a guy who's batting at t- close to the top of the order, if not leadoff. 19K, 7 walks. 
uh, uh, you know, okay, all right. I don't have a problem with Trey Turner. You know, I think I think he's going to have a hard time passing Muncie still, but yeah, you know, it's it's a nice pick. I I, I think he's a better middle infielder than uh, Fernando Tatis, who has been pulled out of shortstop duties because he has twenty errors. Let's see. Let's go to a couple more here. One, one or two more. Next, this one is Joey Votto. Joey Votto's August. Uh, Thirty strikeouts, fifteen walks, two sixty one, three sixty two, five fifty seven. Okay, you know, whatever. The ni- the nice thing is Votto's a former MVP, so we compare his August to his historical MVP year. And if you just look, I know you have those numbers, but I think it's it's below his his MVP season numbers. So you know he's hanging around, but he also he also has Nick Castellanos, one of his teammates, who's a potential MVP. So it's it's a tricky situation there. I do I do think Votto has a chance, but he's probably accurately priced at this point around 20 to one. All right. There's, we have so many more of these. Let's do these rapid fire, Jason. <clears throat> Pardon me. <clears throat> let's go to, uh, let's go to back to Freddie Freeman's teammate, Austin Riley, Austin Riley. One of these guys with three sixty eight four zero two five seventy nine, but 24 K's against three walks. And I just don't, they're not giving an MVP to Austin Riley in the end. I just don't believe. I have, a, I have a hard time believing that Austin Riley is going to win the MVP over the reigning MVP and his teammate yeah. Freddie Freeman. I'm not saying it won't happen, but I just have a hard time seeing it. Let's go to the next one here, Jason, real quick. We'll go through these again. Uh, Juan Soto. Well, he's got the walk strikeouts thing licked. I mean, he's he's a, a Barry Bonds light with the walks. 26 walks. What was the quote? Sometimes if they want to play, we can play. If they don't want to play, then we don't <laughs> we don't play. I love the quote. Paraphrasing. Uh, 356, 487, 689. Honestly, this is the best player in baseball. Honestly, that plays besides Mike Trout, I think, and Shohei Otano, Shohei Otani. Uh, but Soto plays for a moribund team who does not do well. Obviously, the Nationals. Nationals have had every opportunity to gain ground in the NL East, and they just can't. You still think he has yeah, a shot? I think he has a shot just because the numbers stand out so much. The, the, the being on the Nationals obviously is detracting from his case, but how do you look at those numbers compared to Fernando Tatis or Max Muncy and say, Muncie and Tatis are trending up, and Soto's not. Soto is the best player in August, and in all the all the NL, I, I would probably argue he's he. If you give him anything to hit, he's going to hit it. If you don't, he's going to walk. He's he's in my my opinion the best player who's not Mike Trout in baseball. Um, I think the price is still eighty to one, ninety to one is still absurdly high on him, especially when you consider you know when you just put the stat lines together. He's an outfielder. Fernando Tatis is an outfielder. They're both on not playoff teams, and one of them is minus two seventy, and one of them is eighty to one. It yeah. doesn't make sense to me. Doesn't make sense, and that's that is why. Like this is the point of this exercise. All these guys are kind of you know you know different increments of okay. And so if Juan Soto's 80 to 1, that's probably the best bet on the board. Last three, real quick. Nick Castellanos, um, you know, 21 strikeouts, four walks. He has hit six homers in August, but a 284 average, 344 on base percentage, 543 slugging. Um, let's move on real quick. Sorry to move this along, Jason, because I want to get to the others. And there are a couple of giants to close things out. Brandon Crawford, who's not even listed some places, but what a season he's had. Uh, but in August, that's sort of like, okay, you know, yeah, one homer, 17 Ks, five walks. Uh, and here's his teammate Buster Posey. Buster Posey, 
MVP, three-time World Series champ, like Brandon Crawford, 19 Ks, 11 walks, 254, 359, 433. Can we show some of the historical MVPs now, Jason? Because this is this is the point of this is to show this is how difficult it is this year because look at the Augusts that all of these past MVPs have had. So last year, Freddie Freeman, Jason, look at that. Um, 330, 440, 582, 30 hits in August, 17 RBI, and pretty even between the strikeouts and walks. In fact, more walks than strikeouts. That's last year. Let's go further back. Some of these, we won't get to Barry Lamar Bonds because that would be unfair to post those. (laughs) Cody Bellinger in August, remember his August? Eh, That wasn't such a great August, but he did have eight homers, 21 RBI. Um. Cody Bellinger was the only one on the list that kind of had a yeah. started fading at the end. We remember that because oh. we had a whole bunch of bets on him. That yes, year. <laughs> we, yes, we did. We had him for most home runs, and he just stopped hitting homers because he wanted to tomahawk everything out of the ballpark. Don't get me started. 50 to 1. Let's go back a couple more in history because we're just to drive the, the point home how difficult it is to figure these guys out. This is Yelich. Remember Kristen Yel- Christian Yelich in 2018, right before he got hurt. Uh, 11 home runs in August and 19 RBI. The strikeouts and walks weren't good, but 11 homers and 19 RBIs, 22 runs and 35 hits in August. Those are MVP kind of numbers. Let's go back further. Uh, These are interesting. Well done by putting these together here, Jason. 2017, Giancarlo Stanton, 18 home runs in August and 37 RBI with a 349, 433, 899 slugging percentage in August. That is insane. Again, insane. Yeah, no yeah. one's no one's going to catch somebody who does something no, like that. No, no. Uh, well, we're still here. Let's do some more. Let's go back a little further. Just we'll do this decade. Chris Bryant in 2016 with the Cubbies. 10 homers, 22 RBI with a 383, 472, 748 slash 29 runs and 41 hits. I mean, these are cartoon numbers. These are MVPs. Not this bunch of guys this year. And again, makes it so much more difficult, which is why you should probably take the flyer on the 80 to 1 and don't ever bet Tatis. Let's do a couple more historically because some of these are ridiculous. Bryce, Bryce Harper in 2015. Eh, not nearly as uh, sexy as the others we just went through. But, you know, getting back to my point with Bryce Harper, whenever Bryce Harper does anything, Jason, people go nuts. Oh, it's Bryce Harper. I forgot he even won an MVP. Yeah. All right. So that was the last one because we had we had Clayton Kershaw in 20. Oh, we have another one. We, we didn't have a graphic for Clayton Kershaw in 2014. But let's go to 2013. Remember Kutch? Andrew McCutcheon won an MVP? Um, 384, 483, 535. Like his batting average was almost 400. So any way you slice it, any of these any of these MVPs, real quick, Jason, let's go through the last ones. We've already beaten a dead horse. Let's beat it further. 2012, there's Buster Posey. 371, 482, 652, slash 33 hits, 6 homers, 19 runs in 2012. Last couple here. Uh, 2011, Ryan Braun. 369, 436, 621. 24 runs, 38 hits in August alone. And finally in 2010, uh, an eventual MVP, Joey Votto, the aforementioned Joey Votto, five homers, 25 RBI in the month of August alone. Um, point made, Jason. Thank you. So the bet is probably Soto, then, is what I'm grabbing from this. Soto, anybody but Tatis. Anybody but Tatis. Anybody but Tatis. Jason Weingarten, ladies and gentlemen, from under a cloud of smoke. Well done, Jason. Thank you, sir. 
coming back, reading all your tweets, and Paul Spore on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kids-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, <laughs> Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Welcome 
back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. Back on A Numbers Game, proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. Let's review uh, Jason's picks for, the day, for today because we went through all that MVP stuff. And so uh, some people might have missed that. He has three, no fewer than three, Major League Baseball plays today. Uh, one, he's on the Atlanta Braves, plus 186. He got him. You can still get him at plus 180. Shop around for all these. Uh, Drew Smiley and the Braves at the nice dog price against uh, Urias and the Dodgers. So the Braves are pick number one for Jason. Pick number two, also on a plus 185-ish dog, St. Louis Cardinals and John Lester going to uh, the Great America Small Park to take on the uh, Cincinnati Reds. He's on the Cardinals at plus 180. And then the one favorite that he's on, he's on the Tampa Bay Rays, Patino at minus 130. Uh, we're showing minus 135, somewhere in that pocket uh, against the Boston Red Sox, Nick Pavetta on the hill for the Red Sox. So Braves, Cardinals, and Rays. We get tweets at Beating the Book. Always appreciate all the feedback from the show. Uh, always love how closely folks are listening to stuff. This is, uh, let's see here. Let's say this is Bill Hooker. I have played many fine golf courses, going back to our golf discussion earlier, um, about the BMW Championship, excluding Augusta, he says. Had one invite and couldn't take advantage. Caves Valley is as good as it gets. Uh, talking about the course, course in Owings Mills that they played yesterday at the BMW Championship. Well, if scoring is what you like, it's as good as it gets. But I will tell you that that playoff, once again, between Bryson DeChambeau and Patrick Cantlay, you don't want to be prisoner of the moment. That was one of the great golf tournament finishes of any kind you will ever see. Just mano a mano, two guys staring each other down, whatever your cliche is. But Bryson DeChambeau playing the course one way with sheer brute strength. And Patrick Cantlay just sauntering behind him, calmly, quietly, not even making any, you know, comments. Bryson making comments. Hey, Patrick, could you stop walking? Whistling after drives. Tantrumy reactions to missing putts. Huffing and puffing and, like, speed walking to the next hole because he couldn't believe he was still out there with this guy. It's phenomenal. Chris Heath. Uh, talking about Wes, uh, Wes Reynolds and I talking about that tournament. Uh, he said, uh, Wes should know that almost all books will offer both markets. But good to know which one you're betting on. I, I don't know, Chris, if that's true. I'm not sure all books will offer. I hope all books will offer. Look, with the U.S. Open tennis, there was only like half the books in town that offered every match. So not every book always offers what we think they do. Um, here in Nevada, it's a little different from elsewhere. Maybe elsewhere you'll get you'll have better luck. But not everybody offers all markets to everything. So... Just be careful. That's the main point. When you when the tournament is in Atlanta this week with the final 30 golfers for the FedEx Cup and the $15 million prize, make sure what you're betting. Make sure you know what you're betting. Either to win that tournament, the four-day 72-hole tournament, uh, the tournament championship, or to win the FedEx Cup. To win the FedEx Cup will be priced completely differently based on the staggered start. Patrick Cantlay with a two-stroke lead over Tony Finau, three-stroke lead over Bryson DeChambeau, four-stroke lead over John Rahm, and so on down the line until you get 10 strokes back. So be very careful about that. Uh, John Ryan, and this is what most people said, did I miss you on the Open today in any plays? Uh, yeah, we, we gave him earlier. I'll give him once again. Two of these have already started. The men's, the two men's plays have already started, and I believe they're on serve last I looked here in the first set. But Bernabe Zapata Miralles has already started. That was about 30 cents better last night, the, the number I got, than it was this morning. That has started with, against Feliciano Lopez, best of five in the slam, of course. And Tiago Montero, who's a big dog to Daniel Evans, he, he was plus 280. He was about plus 257 when I talked about it this morning. A big dog on the men's side. Both of those have started. What has not started are the three on the ladies' side. 
Svetana Pironkova. I got it plus 335 last night against Daria Kasatkina. I uh, talked about the numbers on this earlier. Uh, you could have gotten, you can still get her right around $3, maybe a little above, maybe a little below. So definitely uh, get into that if you can. Magda Lynette, I know a lot of people don't like betting against Coco Golf, but it's amazing how as great as golf is going to be, and she will be, and probably on all surfaces, that's mispriced. Magda Lynette, her numbers are comparable to that of Coco Golf. Again, do we know that any of these dogs are going to get home? We don't. But based on the price, these are absolute bets. Absolute bets. And then Kaja Javon, minus 106 against Heather Watson. Uh, she's about minus 119 this morning. That has moved a little against us. Don't let it get above minus 125. Um, tons of folks asking about those. Uh, dingers, please. Dropping the myth of Sisyphus is peak sports betting that I needed today. Oh, we're talking about the uh, schedules and how the Padres and the athletics to some degree, but especially the Padres, constantly pushing that rock up the hill based on the remaining strength of schedule. No matter how how good they'll play baseball from here on out, just the opponents are going to be tough. Trevor Warwick, uh, when does the Megapod start up again? Thanks for asking. The Megapod begins not this Thursday, but next Thursday before week one NFL games. So Mike Palm, Todd Wishnev, and I, and rotating guest Brady Cannon, always in the leadoff spot. Um, he will be our guest week one, and then it's a rotating guest from that point forward. Um, I'm sorry, Jason, was that again on welfare? We're going to put out a podcast today. Yeah, we're going to do a best of today with Warren Sharp, or tomorrow. Warren Sharp, Aaron Schatz, Andrew Dinsick on all their preseason football thoughts. So Megapod next week, but we'll put out a preview or preseason pod, if you will, best of today. Thanks for asking. Uh, Paul Sporer to join us. We'll read through some more tweets right here on a numbers game at Visa the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. Numbers Game, proudly brought to you once again by BetMGM Nevada. And don't forget, it's the perfect time to start planning your football contest strategy. And the VEASAN Pro Football Guide is the perfect way to start. Our VEASAN experts have one major football contest around Vegas. And our guide will give insight on against the spread contest as well as survivor pools to give you a winning edge. Download the VEASAN NFL Guide today for only $19.99 or get VEASAN All Access and get everything we offer for the entire football season at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. That's VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Uh, I was out of town again. I was in D.C. this weekend, so I wasn't able to attend the Circa panel. But uh, spoke to uh, Las Vegas Chris about it, spoke to Michael Lombardi about it, uh, and it went uh, great. There is a stream of it somewhere on YouTube that people can uh, can watch on it. But it was uh, Michael Lombardi from VEASAN, Mike Pritchard from VEASAN, Las Vegas Chris, frequent guest here on A Numbers Game, and uh, Matt Metcalf from Circa, moderated by the great Mike Palm, host of co-host of The Nuts here on VEASAN. And so uh, people were saying like a lot of good stuff out of that. So if you can uh, find that if you were unable to see it. Uh, a lot of people watched it streaming, so sorry I couldn't be there for that. But a good time was had by all, as they say. Um, this is from John Ewing at BetMGM, who provides us with the stats. Not just provides us, he tweets these out. Uh, so it's not exclusive to us, but proud sponsors of this uh, show. These are uh, you know some baseball line movement, in case you're interested. Obviously, those are opening numbers from before the season. Uh, for the Dodgers, Astros, and Giants, Giants were 80-1 to 1 to win it all, now 9-1 to 1 to win the World Series. Dodgers have barely moved from plus 350 to plus 280. Astros from 22-1. to 1. My uh, primetime action co-host Matt Brown has that, now plus 425. Highest ticket percentage on the futures market at BetMGM, Dodgers, no surprise. Dodgers, Yankees, White Sox. White Sox were a beloved, sexy team by uh, those who are, were betting baseball. This offseason and last offseason by that by that stretch. Highest handle 
Total money is also Dodgers, Yankees, White Sox in that order with the Dodgers 18.6% of the total handle at MGM for the World Series. And then their biggest liabilities are the Yankees, the Dodgers, and the Tigers. <laughs> Love that. One of these things is not like the other. By the way, great season for the Tigers based on expectations. Can we give a shout-out to the Tigers? I mean, they're not going to the playoffs. But the fact that they are they're 62 and 69, you know, based on expectations, well done. Season win total over. So we have American. Oh, that was just the National League? Oh, my bad. All right, let's do the I'm sorry, that was that was oh, those are World Series, right. But you're talking about those were just Oh, I thought that we had we we covered it all right there, Jason. We had all, all teams in there. Do you have anything left? No. Um oh, here's some other line movement stuff. Uh, Astros, this is to win the, oh, these are to win the individual pennants, I see. Astros, 8-1 uh, to one to plus 190, raised 12-1 to one to plus 375. That, again, from beginning of season to now, highest ticket percentage, Yankees, White Sox, raise, highest handle at BetMGM. Astros and Yankees with 27 and 26% of the handle, respectively, to win the AL pennant. So 53% of the handle to win the pennant, Astros and Yankees. No raise, no Red Sox, nowhere to be found. Uh, White Sox with 16%. And then the National League, real quick, wrapping this up. We don't have the National League? Oh, you just have the American League? Okay. Well, sorry to be incomplete about it. Uh, okay, and then uh, here's this from, uh, do you have the Adam Schefter tweet? So, again, betting in the mainstream. Uh, Adam Schefter, we were talking about this the other day. One of the biggest sort of signs that sports betting has, quote-unquote, made it, or that the seismic shift in American sports and sports media has shifted is that Shaq renounced his or gave back his ownership in the Sacramento Kings, sold his ownership in the Sacramento Kings to be the lead pitchman or one of the pitchmen for win, win bet, win sports. Imagine telling someone five years ago, yes, yeah, someone's going to relinquish ownership of a professional sports franchise to be a, pitch man for a casino so that's that's probably the biggest sort of sign of that um but uh it goes further adam schefter now saying today sign of the times nfl has reached agreements with Foxbet, BetMGM, PointsBet, and WinBet to become the approved sportsbook operators for the 2021 nfl season um more on the field stuff in rapaport reporting now that the colts have in fact activated quentin nelson from the uh, reserve COVID 19 list he'll practice today um, they placed uh, Sam Tevy on IR with a torn ACL, and then uh, Robbie Ray pitching tonight. We should mention for the uh, Red Sox, for the uh, T- Toronto Blue Jays. We bring this up. The Blue Jays are minus three twenty favorites against Baltimore tonight. But we bring this up because Mark Borchard, when Robbie Ray was a hundred to one, a hundred to one. Um, to win the American League Cy Young, and we were just talking about NL MVP, how everything is muted with these performances of these players in a year where the haves and the have-nots, the chasm is widened, the actual performance of these players on a stat sheet are just so much worse than previous iterations of MVPs, at least when we looked at it through the lens of the month of August, actually kind of applies to the AL Cy Young as well. I'm not so sure any of these is the, is the greatest candidate at this point to win American League Cy Young. Robbie Ray's gone at least six innings and allowed two or fewer runs in each of his last five starts with zero wins to show for it. 
uh, this from Elias. He's the ninth pitcher ever to go six-plus innings pitched and give up two or few earned runs and not win in five straight starts in a season. No one has done that in six straight. Uh, and, of course, that sixth game is tonight hosting Baltimore. By the way, one last thing here, the AL Cy Young odds right now. Lance Lynn is minus 150. Garrett Cole plus 140. And Robbie Ray from 100 to 1 when Mark Borchard mentioned it about a month ago. To seven to one, and by the way, Carlos Rodon is thirteen to one. Shohei twenty-five to one. We snickered when he said Robbie Ray at hundred to one. We openly snickered. That's what we did. Uh, last thing, because somebody was asking about contest, what will I be in this year? I will be in Survivor again at Circa, and the primetime action crew. We are Kelly Bidlin, Matt Brown, and I are putting together a primetime action Circa Millions. Uh, entry. So we will have it as a primetime action entry in Circa Millions. The three of us will uh, bat our heads together. There won't be any fist fights there. But that's what other than that, I'm just doing uh, I'm just doing Survivor. And I think I'm going multiple entries this year. I only had two last year. One got knocked out week one and the other one went all the way to week 15. We don't have to rehash that because I don't want to uh, kill myself. Um, but I'll be doing Survivor. And again, the Survivor strategy because we want to reiterate this again. The notion of mapping out your full season right now before the season starts is probably not the way to go. Sure, you can be smart enough in some cases to get it done, but generally speaking, none of us really know, even though we think we know how good or bad these teams are going to be, until we see them play in regular season action and we see how this manifests, we don't really know. So the first five or six weeks of the season, you probably do play it literally to survive. After the first five or six weeks of the season, that's when I believe you map it out the rest of the way. That, to me, is the optimal strategy. Obviously, know the rules of your particular survivor pool. Remember, in Circa, there's the Thanksgiving quirk. There's the Christmas quirk. you got to know that. And more importantly than anything, have a sense of what other people are going to play. Because remember, ultimately, the object is not to survive, even though I just said try to survive the first five or six weeks. Ultimately, the object is not to survive. The object is to win. The game is actually misnamed in that respect. Uh, we'll come back. Paul Spore, DFS plays on not a full slate of Major League Baseball, but 11 deep. Let's call it, yeah, it's 11 deep. Uh, he's got some thoughts. We'll do that next right here on the Numbers Game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. A numbers game with Gil Alexander. Like Summer Fridays, well, you're going to love Summer Mondays, as I mentioned, at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, with BetMGM's Money Monday Club. It's a $10 free bet that will automatically be added to your account when you place a total of $50 in wagers between Monday and Sunday. You wake up to a $10 free bet every Monday just for betting $50 during the previous seven days. Simply take advantage of BetMGM's Boosted Odds Specials, unique parlay offers, daily promotions, and live betting action. When your wager total reaches $50, or I should say when your wager total reaches $50, you're guaranteed, uh, guaranteed rather to receive a $10 free bet to use any way that you'd like. Download the BetMGM app or visit BetMGM.com to be a part of the Money Monday Club. Get rewarded for your bets every week at BetMGM. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. By the way, uh, someone was asking, what did Dan Weston have today in the U.S. Open? Uh, Funny you should ask. I wondered the same. Uh, he had Barankis, so I checked. He he had Barankis plus seven and a half games or whatever the, the spread is versus Diego Schwartzman. That match has already begun, and we are simpatico on the last of the tennis picks. He is on Kaj Juvan as well against Heather Watson. So how about that? Out of 64 matches, men's and women's, 
we actually hit up on one. So there you go for those asking about that. Let's talk a little uh, DFS. Let's talk a little baseball with uh, a gentleman who can be found in so many places. Twitch.tv slash Spore, at Spore on Twitter, Fangraph, Sleeper in the Bus podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, six foot five inches tall in your uh, playbook. Or what is that, your program, I should say? I already botched it. Paul Spore, everybody. How you doing, Paulie? Gil, I'm well. How are you this morning? I'm doing well, man. Uh, DFS, let's start with that. No cores. How would you play this today? Oh, no cores, uh, but not a super short slate for a Monday, so that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, a lot of ace pitching out there. You're looking at Burns, Wheeler, Ray, Urias. You can go. Uh, Luis Garcia. I I haven't heard a word about it, but I still think Luis Garcia has to come out of that rotation at some point. But I'm still using him until until he isn't, uh, you know, until he isn't starting. So, you know, against Seattle, 9,200 on, dra- on DraftKings, I think it's a great pickup there. Um, I would be very careful of, Cor- uh, of Corey Kluber coming off the IL. Looked terrible in the minors. Got to be careful on rehab stats. But uh, when it's as bad as that was, I got to see something first at the big league level. Always interested by Luis Patino because of his price, but you never know what the Rays are going to do. Are they going to go two, three innings uh, and, and take him out? Is he going to be able to push five, six? So I usually just back off there. Speaking of no course, that opens up a great opportunity to use Herman uh, Marquez at Texas. Only 8,500, which is seventh on the board. Josiah Gray is actually more expensive than Herman Marquez. And, you know, I know he has to struggle sometimes even away from Coors Field, but I'm going to take him against Texas all day long. So probably something like Marquez and one of the upper tier guys like a Robbie Ray uh, or, or Corbin Burns. And then as far as hitting goes, I would I would actually look at going against Kluber, the aforementioned. Um, he's going to open I believe, and then Heaney's going to go. You can take you can take Angels today. I think home runs galore from Kluber and Heaney pop probably. Um, and then honestly, you could stack that whole game. Jose Quintana does not scare me in the slightest. The Yankees obviously playing very well. They had won 13 in a row before the two losses this weekend. And then uh, I would oh. I don't think I could really justify telling people to take Rockies on the road, but I don't know who AJ Alexi is. And if I don't know a player, Gil, that could be kind of bad because this is I know pretty much me. every player. Yeah, this is what kills me. It's like Paul Spore has never heard of this person. Like that. I don't know who that is. Yeah, and, and Paul used to r- literally write the book on starting pitching and minor league pitching prospects. He wrote the book on it. You never know, heard of him. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. And, and, and honestly, that one could be my uh, my blind spot. But I'm looking, you know, they got him from the Dodgers a couple of years ago. He's been pitching well in the minors here, but he's 23, spent most of his year at double A, which means he was a little bit old for that level. Came up to triple A, got three starts. They were pretty decent. But again, I that's kind of a uh, if you want to make like a secondary lineup for fun and, and use some Rockies on the road because they just usually struggle away from home. So uh, I'm going to keep an eye on AJ Lexi. I'll have something for you next time we talk on AJ Lexi. I'm going to watch some of his game tonight just so that I can tell you what's up with him. I'm sure people will wait very much with bated breath for that. Uh, I want to get the Alexi update. I want to know uh, just rapid fire your thoughts on some of this stuff. Uh, two okay. week, two weeks from now, thirty day, thirty games roughly left in the season for all these teams. Two weeks mm-hmm. from now, will we even have a wild card race between 
whoever's in the second position and whoever's on the outside looking in? Or will the A's and the Padres, given their schedules and their, you know, in the case of the Padres, maybe even their performance, will they have dropped off so far behind that we actually won't have a race? We'll know the five teams in the postseason. It'll just about, it'll be about how they shuffle. I think we'll still have an AL situation for sure. Uh, I don't trust that Red Sox team that much. You know, my hot take after the deadline was that they'd missed the playoffs altogether. Still think that's a possibility. Obviously, they're two and a half up now on the Red Sox or on the A's. They're in a pretty good spot. Um, in the NL, it's it's a little bit different. I wish I could have a little more confidence in the Cardinals to kind of stay in that race because then maybe they could overtake the Padres and maybe uh, give the Reds some heck. But I don't know. I just look up and down that that team. The uh, offense is underperformed in St. Louis, and I don't trust the pitching. Then they lose Flaherty right after he's getting back. So, yeah, I think the NL will probably be close to set. I don't think so in the AL. Uh, okay, we talked exhaustively earlier with Jason Weingarten about National League MVP and how, you know, one of the one of the sort of side effects of having a baseball season where some teams are really bad, some teams are really good, it's pitching heavy uh, in general, uh, in, and stats are muted, is that, well, you also have these races for certain awards that are kind of a, a collection of meh. Like, we just went through August of all the contenders in NL MVP, and none of them, basically, when we went through all the like the, the actual MVP winners in the National League from, pre, from the past decade, and like those August, or not only nationally, but American League as well, those numbers like leapt off the page. You know, uh, John Carlo was just cartoon, but l- most of them, besides Cody Bellinger, because he sort of fell off in 2018, but everybody else was just through the, you know, over the moon with their stats. And this year it's a collection of, of kind of like, okay, who, who's the best of the bunch? Where do you stand on this right now? And knowing that Juan Soto is 80 to 1. Is there a possibility that he could win it with that number? It's not out of the realm of possibilities. I know you and your uh, your appetizing Nats bets. I I understand <laughs> because nobody's. This was Jason up, talking, not me. Yes, it, it's always kind of like, no, you go, no, you go. You know, they keep looking to the next guy and right. saying, you you step up, and nobody's really stepping up and taking it. I still think the voters will find somebody within the playoff realm. Uh, so unless Soto is just, I mean. Silly the rest of the way. We're talking over 400 double digit home runs, just kind of owning the league on a level that he probably wouldn't be able to, Gil, because if he had two weeks like that, they'd walk him the last two weeks. I was weeks. just about to say, he may not see enough pitches to go crazy. Exactly. So yeah. I. I I can understand whenever you see Juan Soto at 80 to one, you just instantly think your mind, I could do a, I could do a unit. I could do a half unit. You're probably throwing money away. You should probably still focus on the realm of the contender players. I am of the, of the mind that being on the playoff uh, playoff team is not a prerequisite, but if the clusters are the same, you know, Gil, if you have eight war and I have eight war, but I'm on a playoff team and you're not, I think I'm more deserving. So that that's a tiebreaker for me, you know? And so it's going to push away like a, like a Brian Reynolds, who's been, who's fifth in NL war among hitters or even Juan Soto um, and maybe even Cronenworth and Tatis in this instance, which then brings it to Trey Turner. Who's on the Dodgers, Bryce Harper. Uh, maybe this is the year for a pitcher, even though I don't love pitchers for MVP. So I, I would, I would focus more on the contending teams in the NL. What about AL Cy Young? Like, where would you go? Lance Lynn is your favorite now. Garrett Cole, 
Oh, yeah, go he ahead. is the favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he is the favorite right now, but I, I think it's still wide open. I like Lance Lynn a lot. I, I definitely think he's the guy that uh, that I would vote for right now if I had a vote. But Robbie Ray's been amazing. And I've been anti-Robbie Ray for most of his career in terms of he's so maddening to play in fantasy. And, you know, I'm a huge fantasy dweeb. So um, the ups and downs for him can be so maddening. He's a different guy, though. This is a different pitcher. And he doesn't have the edge yet, but Lance Lynn's rough start this weekend made the ERAs a lot closer, and Robbie Ray has the innings advantage. So I'm not one of those that looks at FIP and, and secondary stats for, for awards because those are predictive. I want to know what happened. So I really get into the kind of the basics of like ERA and innings, not win-loss because that's still represented too much on your team. But I think Lynn is, is the favorite, but I'd go Robbie Ray for my vote right now or for my uh, bet right now. I'd go my, my vote would be Lynn, but my bet would be Ray because his odds are better, and it's very close between those two. And remember, you know, I was saying a month ago, uh, Mark Borcher was on the show, and remember, we're going through AL Cy Young, and I said, oh, he likes Robbie Ray at 100 to 1, and you and I snickered. We laughed. Yes, we did. Yeah. And I've been wrong on him all the way. When he first started breaking out, sorry, I just hit my mic. Uh, When he first started breaking out, he was still allowing a ton of homers. And I'm like, this is going to come back to earth if he keeps allowing homers at this clip. I did put that caveat in, and the if has not come through. He's not allowing homers at that clip, so he's been excellent. The control and command are both there for Robbie Ray. The strikeouts, I guarantee you this, it's all in the tight pants. He just got the Verlander pants size and decided I got to wear yoga pants out there. That is the key to success. <laughs> Who doesn't love yoga pants, Paul? Although sort of, sort of, sort of oddly in this case. Um, okay. Last thing. Giants. We all, we all are on the same page. Oh, they're not built for the postseason. Um, okay. The Brewers are much more built for the postseason with that starting pitching. Wait, do do we think they're not built for the well, postseason? Well, so this is my, so this is what I'm getting at. Not as built, right? Like mechanically, okay, okay, fair. right? Sure. But have we have we gotten past that? Are we like, you know what? This team, it doesn't matter anymore. They're just yeah. they just find a way and we should take them more seriously to win it all. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they don't have three aces like uh, like the Brewers, but they have great pitching. And if they're healthy and holding up, I think the Giants are very much World Series contenders. Again, the Dodgers might still catch them, but that Giants team is legit. They're going to be a force in October. They absolutely can be. Eight to one to win the World Series. The best team in baseball record-wise all season long, the San Francisco Giants. Thank you, Paulie. Appreciate it as always. Thanks, Gil. Take care. Uh, Thank you to all who are on the show today. Uh, You got Jason's baseball picks. You got the tennis picks. Let's get them home. From VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, the Lombardi line is next. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. (laughs) 
I love the dance challenges. <laughs> I love that it's KidSafe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN.